Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Stephen Hamilton, your host today, with the Vineyard Justice Network, a network connecting people who are pursuing the justice of the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. Today we continue with part two of our interview with Deneen Yates, the founder and director of Safe House of Hope in Baltimore, Maryland. So, Deneen, so you, we, we kind of went over last time, you know, your journey from Africa to Baltimore and got in a little into what you guys are doing now. Um, so um, I'd love for you to tell us more about kind of the Safe House of Hope and um, founding that and, and the work that you're doing like right now. So um, November 2010, um, we, I incorporated Safe House of Hope, Show Hope, um, and we started by doing a street outreach model because we could afford that. Right. It wasn't uh, economically, everybody could bring snacks and we could give out condoms and chocolate and candy on the street and break the isolation of prostitution. Because many people, many women, pimps isolate women. Right. That's how they control them. till they're sure that no one knows where they are, no one cares about them at all. Mm. And so to just break the isolation of the street and say, I know you, I see you every week or every other week, right. I, you know, I, I know your name, I know your name yeah. and I care about you just the way you are right here, right, right. now. That's so powerful. And, like, and yet, like, like you just said, that's what you started with because that was really kind of the easiest thing with no, not a lot of overhead, right? Right. They, they could take my car. They still take... You know, whether I go out or somebody else, they still take my car. And right, right. In fact, I think the last time I went out, I was in your car with Dan. So. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and so, you know, our teams go out. We, we, we figured out, we changed times. Like, we started at 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Now the teams go out midnight to 5 a.m. Okay. So we just... Because that's the prime time. That's when your clients and the people that you want to help that you're trying to reach are out. Right. I mean, they're also, I, I think a great time would also be 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. when they're getting off and walking back. They would have time right. to connect. But right. we also find they're a little grouchy and tired. <laughs> so. Um, well, so here's an interesting thing that I think people will um, will find a little interesting that, that I know of, and I'd like you to kind of maybe explain a little more. Um, typically, when I talk to people about trafficking ministry and justice sort of ministry on the streets, they think... Um, street ministry means, oh, I get to meet a lot of people and connect and stuff like that. And that hasn't particularly been my experience with street ministry. Street ministry is kind of like, you've got a couple minutes, you connect. And, and I guess the important thing that I see is consistency and faithfulness sort of a thing. Whereas, you know, I know you guys also do a couple days, uh, do a drop-in. And then with the drop-in center, you actually do get to connect for a longer time with, with um, uh, the girls who come in. So kind of tell me about the dynamics of that and the, and the drop-in stuff. So uh, as you can imagine, women working street prostitution do not trust everyone. Trust right. is not a commodity that people have. Right. So you have to build a relationship even though you have 30 seconds to two minutes to talk to someone. You have to keep that in mind because she can get in trouble right. if you have more than that. So you have 30 seconds to two minutes. And you don't and you don't want her to get beat up by her pimp or get in trouble with those who are controlling her at that in right. that situation. Right. And so um, we give out a talk line number so that she can call 24-7 and just talk. Okay, so you guys have a hotline. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, we 
and our hotline is text talk. Okay. So te a lot of women text us. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and then we have a, a drop-in center to meet more immediate needs, medical. Um, I can refer you to dental if you want housing or you want drug treatment or clothing. We give out free clothing, free hygiene, food. Um, just come on in. Right. And the idea is to really value the girl. Um, and it's through that listening and valuing. So it's not about trying to change somebody. It's about right. giving them the space to be heard and valued. Hmm. And from that, helping them to see that, you know, God does want and it's able to help them do more. Hmm. And life doesn't have to be like this. I think that's, like, I think for so many people in justice ministry and for those who are interested in it that's a very significant point that so much so many times we're creating a context where you know where we can actually connect with them and listen and and hear them and value them and i and it's from that context that transformation happens it's not like we can make it happen right no you have to wait till the person's ready but we also sometimes just preach and teach and run over the person right and don't listen or think that they have, that of course they have nothing, that's why they're there. When, you know, God made her in his image. Right. And she has a lot to teach me. See, I, I think that's such, uh, again, that's like such wisdom for justice ministry in terms of like ministry with, um, and that it's mutually transforming. It's not just like I need to put her in this context and, and, and then God will change her. Like through the interaction and through the relationship, God changes both of us, right? Absolutely. It's a win-win. And if you think you're going to go out in the street and do street in ministry and rescue these girls because they are going to pull them off the street, that's what people think when they come to work right. for us. Right. That is not what happens. That you know, it's very rare that someone decides tonight that they're going to get off the street now. It's just not the way it works. Right. Um, you know, this person has every aspect of their life covered: the clothing, the shelter, right. the food. If they walk away. That's all. The only. Why should they trust me over right. him? The trust thing again. Yeah. But what you know, he has been providing. You have no idea what I'm really going to do. Right. It's only when you come in and drop in and you keep coming in and you keep calling and we keep answering the phone and we, you keep seeing our car on the street that you're going to go, oh, you know, maybe they could do something for me. Right. Maybe my life could be different. Wow, that's powerful. Um, so, so, okay, so there's, you know, you've got the street outreach You've got the drop-in we talked about a little. You have the kind of the hotline and the talk text. Um, um, but what else, you know, what else? Do, so we have emergency does... housing if someone wants okay. to um, get off the street, um, which is usually uh, less than two weeks. Okay. We have host families. So families volunteer. We're on almost all volunteer organizations. So families are trained how to take our clients into their home and for those clients who want family healing, a family environment for family healing, um, the host family will adopt them and bring them in and live with them and parent them and love them up and grow them. I think that's just a, such a powerful dynamic of 
that flows really, you know, with like the mission that Jesus gave us, right? To kind of refamily people into the family of God, right? Right. And if we, uh, so many times I've, I've visited a couple um, um, long-term housing, uh, like a year or so, for um, domestic minor sex trafficking victims and survivors, and like they they set them aside, they put them all together. Uh, we were just talking about the other day at a at a gala. They put all the survivors at one table, and everybody else was at other tables. Like that's just not healthy, right? We want to refamily them, right? We want to integrate them into um, a life of abundance, not treat them um, as something different, right? Well, I mean, their whole work, the whole breaking in. Average age to enter into prostitution here in the States is 12 to 15. And so the whole time you're in, whether you've been in, you're 20, so you've been in for five to eight years, um, your trafficker is telling you that you're only good for one thing and that you can't fit in this square world anymore. Right. You have maybe a ninth grade education. You are very good at one thing. You are constantly being rewarded for the one thing you're good at. Selling your body for sex and making money every day. And so if I can't bring a support system to you that can accept you the way that you are and help you to see yourself as more than a a woman objectified into just being a sold item we're not going to the healing isn't going to stick because you know you can graduate from a program and you can be doing really well but it's when you fall down that you need support to do something else Hmm. when you fall down if you don't have anybody to call if you don't have anything then you're going to call that same trafficker and he knows you're going to fail who doesn't fail so he'll wait because he's making five hundred to fifteen hundred dollars a night on you, hmm. and he will be happy to take you back, and he'll be happy to tell you, see, you couldn't fit in with them. It's just not your world anymore. And so we want where we believe, of course, through Christ, it is your world. It's our world that yeah. God gave us. And, you know, through a family that adopts you, then that family, when you fall down, you call home. Right. Call mom and dad. Call Uncle Ray. Right. Right. You know. So, I mean, I think that that's why we like the host family best. And even in a group family model, which is what we're looking at for those who don't want family healing, we're we're planning on a monthly meal so that... Mm people can come and integrate with our clients and hopefully mentor adopt them so whether they ever came in your house or not you still have connection with people that are healthy and want good things for you because otherwise you know you don't call your program at the end of the day when things aren't going right right you call a person you call a person Hmm. you either connected or you didn't connect thank you for joining us Sure.